This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm Mike Wilson, the Awesome Leach fan, subbing in for the boys this AM. No, they aren't crying over the Maple Leafs' heart-wrenching Game 7 loss last night. That would be me, by the way. No, Wally's dealing with a family wedding, and Naz just a little under the weather this morning, so hope you get better, and hope both you get better for uh, different reasons, but uh, the sort of the same result. Uh, however, joining me this AM from Niagara Falls, my regular co-host of the Squid Not the Belief Band podcast and our weekly Leaf Talk show on Facebook Live, legendary former Maple Leaf, Rick Vive, Squid, how are we keeping this AM? Uh, well, I wish I could say I was better, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it was it, it was it was kind of tough. I mean, uh, didn't sleep very very well, but uh, but you know, I mean, what are you going to say? The Leafs outshot Tampa. They they they're sixty one percent to thirty nine in the faceoffs, and I mean, they put up a good fight. And unfortunately, uh, Tampa playoff kind of type of team and they played great defense. I don't know how many blocks they had. I think they had 20, yeah, 26, 26. blocks. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's incredible. And, uh, but I mean, that's why they're two time to the defending Stanley cup champs. Well, I, I should also mention also, we're going to be joined by longtime journalist of the Toronto sign and aware of at least heartache the last 40 years. He's covered them. Lance Hornby. Uh, yeah, I, Listen, I thought they played great right from the opening face-off, but, it, but if anything, they seemed a little hesitant with the puck, which is understandable, and played at times like the away team. That's not a criticism because it's so hard in a game like this to, of this magnitude. You don't want to make an early mistake like Toronto's been prone to do in this series. Having said that, however, you need to take the play to Tampa, not the other way around. And I thought they sat back a little too much waiting for Tampa to do something or make a mistake. Well, I, yeah, I, I think at times, Mike, I think that was probably the case. But I think uh, a good portion of the game, I, I thought they did take it to them. And uh, like I said, they had lots of shots, uh, but they had a lot blocked. And, and uh, you know, you got to get those through to the net. And if you don't, uh, you're not going to get those those scoring chances around the net. And they... And that's exactly what happened. And Tampa did get a lot of shots through the net and got a lot of rebounds. And, uh, you know, Campbell had to come up big a uh, number of times in front of the net. Yeah, I mean, he did. And, you know, that, that I mean, that was that's a tribute to him. And it was it, it's really tough to sit. And I mean, I mean, obviously, last night I turned the game off as soon as it was over. And your, the thoughts are running through your mind about how you're going to approach this and how you analyze and break this down. It's very tough when the team played as well. They did it. I mean, this isn't like losing to Montreal or Columbus the last two years. This is against a real good hockey club. And this is, I mean, defending Stanley Cup champions, as you're pointing out, back to back. They played great, but you just need to get it. You know, I, I mean, I guess the one thing I could say is, if anything, emotion and urgency they played with Thursday in game six was just off slightly last night. And again, you as a former player know how hard it is to crank it up after playing so hard and losing as they did in game six. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, it is tough. I mean, it's a tough loss. They, they they played well enough to win that game for sure, game six, and and move on to the second round, and, and it didn't happen. And, you know, you, game sevens, uh, I don't care what billing it's in. It, it You know, it. I mean, anybody can win a game seven. It's one game to move on. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, Toronto just didn't get the job done. And, uh, you know, it, it stings, man. It's like, uh, I mean, I, I know people are saying, well, it, it, it wasn't as bad as last year. Yeah. It's just as bad. I mean, you know, you're yeah. with the year that they had, and you look at the, the, 
the season that they had, you know, you, you would definitely think they were going to be moving on past the first round, and, and it didn't happen. Well, we, we discussed at the beginning of the past year and in a couple of different shows that all things being equal, meaning Campbell plays as he should, the stars the same, the play of Makai of Engville and Camp would, be the, would determine the fate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were dominant in a few games and played well last night, but didn't raise their game to the level that took made a difference. Like Nick Paul having his Pat Borders moment. Now, for you younger listeners out there, Google search the Blue Jays 1992 World Series MVP for that one. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't Kucherov or Stamkos that beat that. And as a matter of fact, they, and this is what also stings, is they outside of power play time throughout the series were very ordinary. Yeah, I mean, they were. And, uh, and you know, we, we talked about this so much that, in 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 the playoffs, and especially when you get to a game seven, there's always a unlikely hero, uh, so to speak. And and last night was was exactly that. You know, uh, Nick Paul, who came over from Ottawa at the deadline, and and uh, and he gets two goals, his first two playoff goals ever. And uh, you know that that's how the playoffs go. There's always a, an unlikely hero, and and of course last night there definitely was. And by the way, I think he had like a half a dozen shots on goal, and he could have scored a third one. And Campbell made an outstanding save on in the third period. So I mean, it was just one of those nights. Uh, it, it, you know, you just how can you stop it? I mean, it's difficult to criticize the play of the team. They played their hearts out, and if you look back, the Phantom High Stick with the game in complete control in Game Six, or the hard luck interference call last night and Justin Hall negating the Tavares goal were possible difference between going home and advancing. And it's a cliche, but it really is a fine line between victory and defeat. And they are so close. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, people say it's a game of inches. This series was a game of centimeters. (laughs) It was was that close. And uh, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, the call was made uh, in game six, the first high stick. The second one was definitely a penalty. There's no question. Uh, but the first one wasn't. But you know what? I mean, the referees are, are human. Uh, they, they, they can't see everything. And when, you know, a player goes back like that and sells it, uh, it's very difficult for them not to call it. And uh, unfortunately, that one was was a bad call. The next one wasn't, but it was a five-on-three, and, and that was the difference. Well, and it's funny and why does it always seem to happen to Toronto Maple Leafs? But uh, I was watching the games the following night on, on the Friday, and the couple of high-sticking calls that were be, be, being made or be in the process of being called, they went over to the box and took a look at the first before they made the call as a result of what happened the night before. Because if the first call isn't made against Toronto in Game 6, the second call doesn't happen because they're not killing the penalty, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, uh, you look at last night uh, in the Edmonton game, uh, there was a high stick. They called a four-minute penalty because uh, the Edmonton player was bleeding. But they went to the, the box, and they, they uh, conferred with uh, Toronto, looked at the replay, and realized that it was his own player that hit a stick that hit him, and, and there was no call. Uh, and maybe perhaps that's what they should have done uh, the game before, game six in Tampa. But... Uh, uh, you know what? It, it's it's tough, and because uh, this team had such a great season, uh, Matthews and Marner had unbelievable seasons, and and you know Matthews is up for several awards and won the Rocket Richard. And unfortunately, it was just one of those things that, that you know what? The, the biggest difference was Tampa. They defend very very well, and, yeah. and they're built to defend. And uh, I think that was the difference in the game. Is that you know, they defended better than Toronto did last night and, and probably throughout the whole series, really. Well, if you look at the state Vasilevsky made on Matthews at, at the, in the third period, but just the one time, it's one real good shot that he got off. Nine times out of ten is in the back of the net. They turn it over and come down to Paul scores. So that's, that's yeah. the reality of sports. And speaking of the reality of sports, the brutal reality of sports, it's about to lift its ugly head, and it's something that's been discussed, obviously, over the next few months. And as well as they played, this is Toronto referring to, obviously, tremendous winning season. They did in advance once again, so changes will be coming. But we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and discuss that a little further.
It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we realised that our extra-large pizza is two whole inches longer than the so-called extra-large from the big pizza conglomerates. How do they even call theirs extra-large when Pizzaville gives you 18 whopping inches, steaming hot? Because, let's be honest, who wouldn't want two more inches? Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. We all value our sporting heroes. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. Not here to be nice, they're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Well, welcome back. I'm Mike Wilson, Elton Leach fan. Joining me uh, this morning is a legendary Maple Leaf by uh, Rick Five. We're filling in for Wally Naz this morning. Before the break, we were discussing the, the game last night, but also now the harsh reality of uh, change will be coming because it is it is all about winning, as we all know. And I mean, as as crazy as that sounds, that's how it does work in the world of sports and everything we do in everyday life. So, well, let's talk about the positives first. Like, if anything. One of the things we want to talk about here, Squid, is the, the, the next step in growth, and he made big strides doing this, we're referring to Austin Matthews, is learning a little more to separate himself from the pack in the playoffs. He was great in this series, but using as an example, and this is a pretty tough bar to set, but Sidney Crosby, as an example, led a Pittsburgh team similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs to two cups recently. That's the next step that Matthews should be looking to attain himself to, and he's there. And I, I think that's a really big positive the Leaf fans can take away from this. And also, Mitch Marner adjusted in that regard as well. So those are very encouraging signs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, what Austin Matthews accomplished this year, and along with Marner, obviously, you don't do it alone. And then in the playoffs, like, we saw them play a completely different game than we've seen in the past. <laughs> Excuse me, with a lot more physicality and uh, stripping guys of pucks and stuff like that. I mean, there's going to be changes. Obviously, that you know that that comes without saying. I mean, uh, you know, you got nine uh, UFAs or RFAs. Uh, very little wiggle room cap wise. I mean, I I, I would think that I don't think management uh, uh, should be changed at all. I think they did a, a heck of a job this year. I think the changes are going to have to come on uh, on the ice with some of the players. They're going to have to do some finagling this summer and, and you know build a, a team that can win again. Well, let's let's start off with that right off the bat. Jack Campbell, uh, Ilya Mikhaev, Jason Spezza, Mark Giordano, Ilya Labushkin are unrestricted free agents. Campbell's obviously the priority here. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go far in that regard as ignoring Mikhaev is a priority, but at what cost? So. He is free agent. If you take a look at the free agent list that's out there, you've got Mark Underfleur at seven million dollars, but he's he's not the guy. Uh, Miko Koskinen out of Edmonton. We've seen how that has worked out so far at four and a half million boxes in an option. Darcy Kemper in Colorado at four and a half million dollars. 
you know, is he better or is he just the is he the benefactor of a really strong, strong team? Uh, Corpus Allo in Columbus, we saw him still in the Maple Leafs a couple of years ago. And the list continues. And if you go through the list, there's no real upgrade over Campbell. So it is a very tough decision. If anything, he's probably a notch ahead of a few of these guys with the experience he brings from what he's just, what he's just gone through with the Maple Leafs. And at $1.6 million, he is a, definitely a bargain. He's due for a raise. So I throw well, that one at him. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the case. Like, uh, you know, the, all these, a lot of these guys are due for raises. And, I mean, you, you can't, you know, it can't happen because you're going to have to move out some money uh, on the cap in order to re-sign them or bring other guys in or whatever the case might be. Uh, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean, uh, and like I said, I don't believe that uh, the management or any of the coaching staff should be fired. Right? I know uh, that's all people are saying on you know social media and everything else is fire everybody. Well, that's, I don't think that's the, the, the route to go. I, I think, you know, finding a way to – Keep some of the players you want to keep, and moving some of the players or letting them go that you you know feel you don't need, and somehow form a, a, a better defensive team uh, that that's under the cap because you got the firepower already, and uh, and Matthews and Marner and you know so it's going to be very very difficult for them going into the off season, but I, I you know I, I I feel very confident that these guys can get the you know the job done and put together another great team that, that you know, has the possibility of, of winning a cup. Well, see, of course, this is all dependent on how the boardroom guys of Bob Brennan Shanahan view what's happened. I have to imagine last night's game was one of the most viewed in recent history uh, for, for eyeballs, and that's the business these guys are in. So obviously they'd like a few more of these, with, but, you know, with these elite assets they own, they definitely want to capitalize on that while they can. So that'll be that'll be you know item number one on the checklist before they before any other decisions are made. And I agree with you. There's like Shanahan, Dubis, Keith should be going nowhere. Uh, that 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 is they they've they've earned the right to continue this along. The tough decisions they're going to make is how do you keep some of these players. And the one lightning rod guy that we've talked about endlessly on our shows, and there's no way around it, is William Nylander. Uh, he's got to be considered movable because you're going to have to make room at some point. They have none. Yes, he scores, folks, but he was invisible most of the playoffs. Is a liability without the puck, either because he's lazy in that regard, he just won't apply himself. And that's, that's the hard reality of him. I don't mean to be so critical of him, but that's got to be addressed. And Keith did a great job of hiding him or putting him in a position not to fail. But let's face it, you shouldn't have to do that with an 80-point player. You do that with a Jason Spezzi who tries, is trying to squeeze the last bit of compete he has in him. Look, Neil Anders a talented kid who can score, but you need more than that from a top six in the playoffs. I mean, look at Matthew Zudin's Bonnie or Marner, the way they played and threw themselves out there. So my question is, Squid, would you rather him or have him or Mikhaev? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, I mean, Nylander's a, a talent, but with no the question. season he had, with the season he had, I, like, I don't think he's fit or the type of player that Matthews or Marner are. And they, they went all out in the playoffs and used their bodies and played physical. He didn't, but he had a heck of a year. So maybe he's a guy that you could get a lot for. And, uh, you know, and then obviously moving out, uh, $7 million would help as well. Um, you know, I, I mean, you don't want to give up a good player. There's no question, but at the same time, you got to look at the whole, the whole scheme of things and say, well, you know, we got to move some money out. We have no other choice. And, you know, how do we do that? Well, you, you might want to, you know, look at that and say, well, he had a, a heck of a year. A lot of teams would love to have him, and, you know, we could get rid of that $7 million uh, because, you know, quite frankly, I mean, yes, he had a decent series against Tampa, but at the end of the day, he didn't play physical like Marner and Matthews and some of the other guys. And, and I, I think that maybe, you know, is, is the difference between regular season and playoffs uh, with that individual player. Well, if you just look at how the coach is, and that's a pretty good sign right there, as I said before. And the other casualty could be 
Somebody like along the lines of Alex Kirkwood. He's a favorite of ours, which we talk about a lot. But he's under contract for one more year at 3.5. He'll bring something in return. And I don't think you want to go into last year of his ticket with no extension and let him just walk. So, uh, by the way, until the last few games of the season, by the way, folks, he had more five-on-five points than uh, been playing three minutes less a game than Nylander. So this isn't the bash Nylander all about, but you know those 80 points will definitely bring a nice reward back. And I, I, I for one minute, I'm not saying to give this guy away. You can get a lot for him. But you have no other choice because who else are you going to move? There's, there's, you've, you've got to move a player and make room. Because they definitely have, and by the way, with all the guys that are losing under defense, don't forget they're losing three or four defensemen. And then but those are those are the unrestricted free agents we talk about. Let's look at the restricted free agents. You guys deal with Andre Cache, who played hurt a lot, Pierre Engvall, who you don't want to really lose, Rasmus Sandin. You've spent a lot of time with him, watching his growth. You can't let him just you know leave, but he is a restricted free agent. Lilligrand, the same thing, and Christian Rubens, another one. So they got to find money, and they got to find money somewhere fast. Well, I think that's the key, Mike, as you said. I mean, they got to find room on their cap, which they have none right now. I mean, their cap's only going to go up to a million dollars next season, and you've got to find a way to manipulate the things and move out the right pieces uh, get to get that money on the cap in order to either – you know, sign a free agent uh, or get some guys back in a trade that are less money and that sort of thing. It's something, it's reality. I mean, it's unfortunate because you're giving, you know, you might end up moving one or two pretty good hockey players, uh, but it needs, something needs to be done because they need that cap room in order to sign uh, some guys that they want to keep. And I, you know, I think it's imperative that that they look at that, uh, especially right around draft time, where you know people are looking to move up or down in the, in the draft. And you know, I, I think it's a situation where they could really benefit from that. Well, you know, one of the big the sixty four thousand dollar question I think that's going to be on everybody's mind is what do you do with Jason Spez and Mark Giordano? Well. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. It's it's a tough situation because you 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 got Giordano at the at the deadline for the reason to to get by that first round, and it didn't happen. Uh, you know, Jason played extremely well for this team. He's been a, a good leader for these young kids. You know, but I think maybe it's time to move on from some of these guys that are you know mid to late thirties and. You know, it, it's a young man's game. It's, it's you know, it's no longer guys playing until they're 40 years old and, and really having great years and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think maybe it's time to move on from some of these older guys and, and uh, you know, bring in some younger, young blood that, you know, are going to go out and, and do those things in the playoffs that you need to win. Well, they seem to be stuck in the shelves and uh, at the minor league level and, and within the confines of the Maple Leafs, a lot of young talent, a lot of young players. They're going to have to let these kids play at some point. And to your point, you've got you've to insert them in the line at, at, at any given time, particularly the way that this club is growing. Gerald Dano, he made a lot of money last year. He did bring a stabilizing effect to Toronto, but... You know, his game is without weaknesses also. And you're right, he's taken up the spot of somebody else. Like Lilligrand suffered, and he was out of the whole playoff. And Spezza, while he brings that great leadership role, and the players really do look up to him, and, you know, he's instrumental in some of the comebacks and the way he handled the team, definitely deserves to stay in the organization in some role. But what do you do? You know, because you've got, you've got to grow from within, and that's the key to any successful team. Look at Tampa. With you and I have talked about this extensively, about the turnover of losing that third line of theirs last year and how they just replaced it, and they, they moved guys around and made it happen. And I think that's the one thing that people ignore with Cal Dubas. He does a very good job of, of uh, identifying, uncovering talent and players that look like they may not be going anywhere. And he's done a very good job at that, as we saw this year, particularly with Michael Bunting, uh, David Kemp, and even Kashe, who just did, unfortunately for him, he gets hurt a lot. But there's where we're headed, I think, my man. And I think that's kind of the, 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 you know, the, the way to have to approach this. And it's very difficult because you're so close, because let's not even talk about the fact that the clock is ticking with guys like Matthews, who you have really one more full year before it's his final year. 
and he had two with Tavares and um, uh, uh, Marner. So, you know, the clock is ticking. So it's a very, very difficult thing to do. So everybody's going to be watching very, very closely, obviously. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, when you look at, like, Lilligren, I thought played, you know, pretty darn good in the series. And then all of a sudden he wasn't playing. Uh, he had a good year. You got uh, Sandine that, you know, was hurt, uh, wasn't able to play. I mean, he's going to be a good player. But, uh, you know, bringing in a, a not not an older defenseman, but a, a middle age, like, you know, late 20s, early 30s, that can stabilize their defense, I think is probably – I would have to say is their number one uh, thing that they need, I think, uh, going into next year. And I think it's time for Matthews, Marner, uh, those guys to take over the leadership role because, you know, that's – I mean, they're the best players. They they tried extremely hard. They played extremely well in this series. I think it's time for them to take over the leadership role and, and bring this team to the next level. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, uh, that, that's – really where we have to take this, and this is what's going to make it so difficult. So, um, Ilya Mikhaev, like he, somebody's going to pay for him. They may overpay. It's going to all be about term, probably. How hard do the Leafs press to keep him? And, of course, you've got Engvall also, but Engvall's actually a restricted free agent. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think you'd love to keep uh, Mikhaev, but uh, you know, I, I'm not sure you can afford it, uh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, yeah. right now, the way things are, unless they, they move out a few pieces and, and are able to sign them, but he's going to be looking for, for a nice raise because he had a good regular season and, uh, even, you know, a couple of games in the playoffs played very well. But I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I think you got to look at everything and, and, uh, you know, analyze everything. Uh, but like I said, I, I think the biggest thing is it's time to let these young guys like Matthews and Marner uh, and those guys take over the leadership of this hockey club and bring it to the next level. Well, I think that's I think that's in the cards, and hopefully that you know the script remains the same, and that the guys above in the boardroom don't get too anxious and just kind of let step back and think this through. Just like that 24-hour rule when you're when uh, your your kids are playing sports, you just go away for 24 hours before you talk to the coach. I think they, these guys should take 48 hours before they make any sort of comments about management. So, with that all in mind, yeah, I I, w- I would agree with you on that, Mike. And uh, I, you know, I don't think that there should be any management changes. No. This these guys did a, a heck of a job putting this team together. Uh, they just about got there. I mean, it was so close. Uh, I, I think they they all should be back and and uh, you know give them you know a few days to get their exit meetings done and everything, and then move on and start thinking about what they need to do for next year. Now, Squid, you're going to stick with us for a moment. We're going to bring Lance on. And we want to talk about something like the exit meeting. So we'll get Lance's view on how things are going, if you can hang on for a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's take a short break, and we'll come back with Lance Hornby. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed. What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. We all value our sporting heroes. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cordellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mike Wilson, the Outcome Lakes fan. Joining me uh, this morning, Rick Vive. We're filling in for Wally and Naz. And now we're happy to bring on with us a very good friend of ours, longtime journalist following these Maple Leafs who's gone through 40 years of well, some pain covering these guys, some ups and lots of downs, unfortunately. He's also an accomplished author, working with me in two books, by the way. Uh, he's a legendary ball hockey player and a thrill seeker. Like, let's welcome to the Nazem Wally Sports Hour, Lance Harby. Lance, how are you doing? <laughs> That's quite a build-up, Mike, but I'm sure uh, people uh, people out there uh, need some uh, distraction after, after last night. Uh, that was... Uh, that was something. Uh, thank you for uh, for having me uh, on the show. And uh, you know, when you when you mentioned that, a lot of pain. That's certainly uh, something I've uh, I witnessed at playoff time over the years. I, I thankfully uh, both you and I remember uh, the good times in '93 and '02, and uh, a lot of other things. We were both around when uh, the Leafs were still winning cups in the '60s. But uh, wow, you, you got to feel for today's generation. That's for sure. Well, so what's your overall observation of this series? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it, I mean, it was there for the taking. I mean, it, it was a full, you know, it, it, the full seven games ran the gamut. I mean, in the first couple of games, you had uh, you, you had the Leafs trying to, you know, muscle their way uh, through to Tampa Bay. You had um, Sheldon Keefe saying it was going to be uh, borderline violence, and, and, and the Leafs really initiated that. And when they settled down and started playing their game, that's when they had the chance to uh, – to move ahead, and uh, you know, very few people can remember uh, Andre Vasilevsky looking that vulnerable as he was uh, midway through the series. That they kept uh, uh, Kucherov and Stamkos off the board, uh, you know, and they won at home, and they had uh, they they won in Tampa Bay, and it's just you know when, when you get uh, to to the full bill last night that they lose Game Seven, a one goal game at home. It's just so frustrating that uh, it was there a couple of times. And yes, you know there were some iffy calls uh, by the officials, but yeah, I think you know Tampa Bay had uh, Tampa Bay could say the same thing a couple of times. It was still there for the taking. It was a chance for a character builder for the Leafs, and uh, they they didn't uh, you know when at key moments in the series where they could have uh, shut it down, they did not. And um, and last night, uh, you know the, 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 the Lightning, the Stanley Cup champion, two timers. The lightning that is uh, showed up in the last ten minutes, shut everything down, and uh, here we are looking to uh, 2022, 2023 for the next chance for this team. Squid. Well, it's uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely uh, Lance is right. I mean, it's uh, you know at times they they got to Vasilevsky, and then of course then they get to Game Seven, and he shuts the door, which was I mean he played incredible, but so did Campbell. And I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it's 
kind of disheartening, but at the same time, you got to be, you got to take the positives out of it. I think, and 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 like I said, uh, find a way to, to build this team a little bit better under the cap, which is not going to be easy, but. Um, I, I think it can be done, and uh, with the right moves, uh, there's no question this team could be even better next year. Now, Lance, well, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead Lance. I was going to say, uh, you're absolutely right, Rick. Uh, I, I guess the, the next thing is uh, how, how they keep it together. Should they keep it together? I, I mean, uh, people like myself were, were for, um, you know, keeping the core together. I didn't uh, think they should uh, get rid of them when there was, you know, ample evidence that past playoffs, uh, you know, you think back a couple of years to Nylander. At certain times, Nylander. At certain times, it was, you know, Marner not scoring last year. It was, uh, you know, Matthews. It was the goaltending. But they, they, again, another frustrating part about that, Rick, is that they, they put all that together this year and still came up short. So uh, I guess, you know, moving on, looking to next year, it is how do they, uh, you know, how do they uh, function under the cap next year? They have to bring in, uh, you know, they, if they if they really like Jack Campbell, they're going to have to commit some money to him, and that means uh, likely Mikheyev's gone, which isn't uh, a secret. They can't afford him, but, uh, you know, they, they got uh, performances from Giordano, Labushkin, guys uh, who weren't really, uh, you know, you weren't thinking about the midseason. Now you got to take a hard look and see, you know, do you want to bring those guys back? Do they want to stay here? And, uh, you know, do they use much the same uh, formula to try and come back next season? And, of course, are the same people still going to be at the top? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think the big thing is, like, I, I remember at the end of last year, uh, they made it quite clear that uh, Core 4, uh, as they called them, but we're not going anywhere. And I think now, after this, I think they're going to have to look at, at, at the entire situation and, and what they have and what they may need to move out. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, one of those guys may have to be moved out in order to bring in guys that will uh, make the lineup a little bit stronger throughout the entire lineup and, and have no, no weak spots. And uh, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but I think uh, – you know the staff they have now are capable of, of pulling it off, and they've shown that they have they've been able to do that with bringing in guys like Bunting and, and Labushkin, who played you know extremely well. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, the same thing comes out of management this year that we're keeping our core four together. Because I think it's time that perhaps they they say, hey, anything's possible. We you know we're going to have to make some moves, uh, and and I think that's probably what you're going to see, and more than likely closer to the draft, I would think. Right. Well, I think you're going to have to uh, look at uh, look at Nylander, I, I guess. I mean, they're uh, you know he is a, a part of things, and when he when he is on his game, certainly he uh, complements that. Uh, that core four and, and can play, you know, gives you a threat in your second and your third line. But, uh, you know, uh, let's look again. I mean, they didn't, uh, they need depth on defense, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I've always been pulling for, uh, for Justin Hall, who sort of came out of nowhere and won a Calder Cup with the Marlies and, uh, you know, it was a good rags to riches story. But, uh, you know, is, you know, should he be the seventh defenseman? And if so, then you need a sixth. And then maybe you need to uh, take another look again at uh, the backup goaltending, goaltending situation. So by trading, uh, say, a Nylander, whose uh, contract among the core four is probably uh, the most uh, palatable to other teams, you can fix that area. You know, you can bring in uh, a defenseman and, and, and finally maybe, uh, you know, I know they have uh, Peter Morazic under, uh, under contract for a couple of more years, but they can uh, perhaps move him. Again, this is all uh, dependent on if they're going to keep Campbell. So, you know, and, and if you want to improve your draft situation, because they've lost a couple of picks along the way. I think Nylander is a guy, and that's nothing against him. I just think he's got the lowest uh, contract. Uh, people could look at him and say he's also a guy who could be our number one winger. He could fit in a lot of other places, and, and maybe Nylander uh, thrives even more as uh, as the number one winger on another team. Right here, he's just kind of one star amongst the Constellation sort of, sort of thing. Well, the other yeah, thing I think I would definitely agree is... agree with that. I mean, I think you got to look at that, and and also the year he had. I mean, he's he's going to be he's going to bring back a pretty good return, I would think, uh, with the season he had. And and like you said, I mean, you know, there's times. I think with him, it's more inconsistency than anything else. You know, he's great for two or three games, and then 
two or three or four games, you don't even see them out there, really. And uh, so, yeah, I think if you're going to move anybody out of that, the four that you're talking about, perhaps he's the guy because I think he'd be the most wanted by other teams. And and you're moving out a, a you know, you're not moving out the top salary, but you're moving mm-hmm. out a pretty good one. Yeah, they do have a lot of prospects uh, coming. I mean, there's a uh, you know, there's a lot of the rush. I mean, I'm not going to try and name them all and pronounce their names. This must be the, the last two years have been the most yeah. unpronounceable draft class I can uh, I can think of with the least. And of course, you had the uh, you know the very uh, sad story with uh, Rodi and Amarov uh, getting ill over in Germany uh, and re- trying to recover. So you don't really know what. Uh, What's coming there? But I mean, you know, there is there is Nick Robertson. There's a lot of uh, you know Alex Steves. There's a there were some good prospects with the Marlies. Unfortunately, they didn't make the playoffs either. So you're not going to get an extra look at them, which is something I love to do when the Leafs get uh, get knocked out. But uh, yeah, I, I think you'd you'd miss Nylander, uh, but uh, there would be room for other other kids to grow. And I think uh, you know it, it's a situation, I guess, uh, guys, where you know. You, Maybe the term sacrificial lamb is there. Somebody has to go to uh, uh, appease the people. I think they're going to, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, people wondering what they're going to try differently next year. And short of uh, changes at the top, which is, I guess, another topic altogether, uh, you're looking for uh, some kind of a personnel move that's going to give them a different look uh, next autumn. Well, we discussed that before you came on with this, Lance. And I mean, and, I mean, he seems to be the lightning rod player. And, you know, how many, you know, going through the statistics, he's the only player in the top 50 scoring who wasn't playing in the top six or had a set spot going right, into the right. playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, you'd see the way the coach was trying to hide him a lot and place him in positions to succeed. Well, you shouldn't have to do that with an 80-point player. So, and he is the guy. You can't move Tavares because there's no trade. You can't mm-hmm. move Matthews. And even if you could move Matthews, somebody is somebody going to risk taking him I mean, this is stupid talking, but the <laughs> fact that he has one—he has one year before he becomes the unrestricted, unrestricted free agent the year yes. following. So, yes. and Marner has got two years, but he makes so much money. Also, like yeah. you can't trade those three, and so Nylander is the guy. Even any way you want to cut it, if you want to make a move, and looking yeah. through the list of uh, unrestricted free agent goalies, well. There's nothing really much better than than Campbell out there. He's probably he's probably best value in the whole lot. So he's yeah. probably going to get a lot of looks. So, you know, and the other thing is, you know, you've put all this time and effort into Mikhaev. You know, I know he's another guy, but man, oh man, if you get the other guy we could want to talk about is Alex Kerfoot because his contract has got one year to run at three and a half million. He can right. bring you something back in return. He may be your sacrificial lamb because. You don't want to go in the last year with no contract for him. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting uh, player. You know, he had a, the last couple of games of the series weren't great for him, but I, I think they're you know when you when you measure him against uh, against Kadri, and now it's uh, it's an even more fascinating comparison <laughs> given, given that Kadri had such a a great finish, and uh, you know, uh, but. Uh, Kerfoot kept his nose clean. He's been uh, very good to move around the different lines. Lots of speed. The guys uh, like him. He's uh, you know he's he, he's really ingrained himself here in Toronto. So I I would uh, I I hate to lose him, but uh, I would like to see uh, I would like to see the return as well. I don't think uh, I don't think he wants to leave, but uh, we'll see what happens there. You know, there's going there's going to be something uh, happening. Uh, people will look for something, but uh, again, it'll go you know. I think the first thing you have to uh, assure yourself is, uh, if you're an MLSE, is, you know, do I want uh, Kyle Dubas back? Do I want, uh, and by extension, do I uh, do I keep Sheldon Keith? And those are, uh, you know, I think those are kind of perfunctory things. I, I would, uh, you know, not uh, move them after what is uh, what has happened in the middle. Of, you know, don't uh, swap horses in the middle of the river sort of thing. It's disappointing as, as all these first-round uh Defeats are, but uh, you know there's uh, there's a lot of big names uh, who've been who've been let go uh, around the league, and uh, you know you never know. Uh, there's you never know. It all depends on who has who's here at the right time, and I guess uh, Rick would know that. Sadly, with uh, with with Harold Ballard, it was always uh, different uh, when you know it, depending on what mood he was in or what person had the influence <laughs> there, he was uh, you know he was he was uh, prone to making some strange decisions, and uh, certainly we're, we're all. Uh, Happy that it's uh, a lot more stable here in Toronto right now. But 
you never know, and you never know what's around the corner. If suddenly, you know, if, if you're going to move those people up top, make sure you get, uh, you know, a seasoned GM, or make sure you get a coach who can win, who can get 115 points like Sheldon Keith can, because uh, those guys don't grow on trees. No, I, I, Lance, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I, I if I was the MLSE board, I, I'd be clearly looking at the entire season and how they played in the first round and say, you know, hey, they, our GM, our, our coaches did a did a hell of a job, and I, and you know, I think there's no way we can move them. And uh, I, I think you you come back with everybody in management and. And just you know, hunker down and, and get the job done between now and, and the draft, and you know, move on the next year and get ready. Well, yeah, I mean, you get uh, if you have a good year. I mean, you get uh, you know another good. That's something to shoot for. I mean, next year, let's you know, just uh, it's sort of the morning after, and everybody's got to go in many directions. But you know, why not come back next year? Make the president's trophy your goal next year. I mean, a lot of people don't believe in it, but uh, you know, look at uh, that's what Florida put their uh, their engine behind, and uh, you know, you get an even better matchup. So you don't get the Stanley Cup champions. You know, you, you, yeah. you, you do get you do get a wild card team, and and, and you know, you get a so called easy match at the start and and you go from there so that's uh that's that's how i'd look at it now lance, yeah, one, one of the things lance i don't know if you agree with this but you know i i look at their defense and i you know morgan riley's a great defenseman don't i mean there's no uh, debating that but they really don't have a a, a stud on defense like a, like a headman or someone like that who can control the power play and can get the puck on net. Uh, he's also extremely good defensively. He's big, yep. strong. Like, Toronto doesn't really have a guy like that, and, and they haven't for quite some time. And I, you know, I, I think something like that is very, very important uh, going forward uh, now. I mean, who's, who do they go after? I, I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you right now, but I think that, you know, when you have someone like that on, uh, on the blue line, then other teams have to respect that and, and look after it. Well, yeah, absolutely, uh, Rick. There's a uh, you know there's a, there's a lack of a stud guy. Stud guy at a big and a big shot too. I mean, they don't you know as, as much as that power play has uh, you know all kinds of uh, you know the the flying circus kind of thing down low and moves to the puck. They don't have that big bomb from the point, and I think that would uh, make them even more potent and make them more respected. Uh, in their own zone. I mean, uh, collectively, uh, the six are, are, are pretty good. But, uh, again, that's uh, getting somebody like that when you have a headman or a Roman uh, Yossi, they, uh, you know, you get up, you develop him, and you hang on to him. And that part has uh, has eluded the Leafs as well as they've done uh, developing, you know, picking those uh, top guys who become their, their core four. It's, it's too bad that a defenseman wasn't involved in there somewhere. Yeah. Now, Lance. Yeah. Um, just last night after the game, um, if you can, a sort of a just going on a little bit off here, a little comparison between the players' sort of post-game comments and sort of their body language and all that kind of stuff compared to last night. Was it? it the only reason I bring it up is after Game Six, and Rick and I talked about this the other day. Uh, the look on the bench, they were actually just curious that they lost like it wasn't yes. like you know that look oh no it was like they were mad that they had lost so it's like they'd let it slip away whereas you know before you look at them as oh well we lost we'll have to come yeah. back next game did you sense yeah. that in the post-game interviews last night oh it was you know it was it was pretty uh it was pretty raw out there i mean all, a couple of more hats uh you know and had their eyes down you know which would uh Indicate to me it was a pretty uh, uh, emotional finish. Yeah, they're, they're pretty angry, and that's you know they put uh, they put a lot into this. They uh, they uh, I'm talking about uh, a, a long season where they they vowed to do better than uh, they did against Montreal, and, and here they are finding themselves back at the same place. Yes, they played better. Yes, it's a better team. Yes, they uh, they set uh, all kinds of records, and uh, there's going to be a lot of trophies given out. But uh, again, it was there for the taking. Uh, you know, I would be. I'd be angry too, but I'd be, you know, I'd be uh, upset that I let a uh, a big chance like this slip through. And I'm going to have to, you know, in the alleged uh, center of the hockey universe, I'm going to have to hear about this the rest of uh, the rest of the summer. And people, uh, you know, people credited them out last night with it with a good effort, and it, it was tough, and you know, the bounces didn't go their way. 
but it's going to be you know starting uh, today or uh, or tomorrow when they start their locker cleanout. There's going to be some accountability, and I think that kind of fuels their anger as well. They're going to uh, they're going to have to explain themselves. Here we go again, and uh, you know it'll be a test of their uh, a test of their metal, and uh, you know. Uh, one of the one of the reasons it's great to play in Toronto. They found that out in the course of the seven game season, and unfortunately, in the off season they're going to see the opposite side again. That uh, people people want more. People want want them to go beyond the first round and finally end that cup uh, that cup drought. We've just got a couple of minutes left here, guys. So I just I mean some final thoughts. Let's start with you, Squid. Well, yeah, again, I I mean it's it's. I mean, I, I see all the comments by people on social media and everything. I mean, it, it's not time to blow it up and get rid of everybody. Do, you know, this is ridiculous. I mean, you got a good management team there. You've got some superstar players. Uh, as Lance said, there's, there's going to be some trophies, and, you know, Matthews is probably going to win a couple. Uh, but unfortunately, the one that they're not going to win is the big one, and that's the Stanley Cup. So, I think the biggest thing to take away from this is is what do we need to do uh, by the draft and at the draft in order to make sure that that we're not in that situation again. Lance, well, it's uh, you know it's tough to watch last night, but I I, I take the subway at every game and I, I walk through the crowds and all that, and it's just great to see uh, you know. Uh, it, I mean, a lot of people who are upset uh, today, but I'm always amazed by the uh, you know the, the, the passion of uh, of Leaf fans, and uh, you know even even the ones who are uh, you know who are out there with the, the torches and the pitchforks demanding change and you know get rid of everybody at Bay Street. Uh, you have to appreciate uh, where they're coming from as well. It's uh, you know uh, it's something interesting to uh, to watch, and uh, I you know I would only think that it's. Uh, it's still a great place uh, to uh, to have a team, and uh, four or five generations on now, you can see really that it's a you know a, a still a great place to play, and some of the best hockey fans in the world. That I can't I concur wholeheartedly with you on that one, and we had them yeah. confirm. My buddy actually uh, Glenn in the, in Lloyd Minister is sitting in his truck watching cattle right now, listening to us, and watched every game with us last this this uh, whole series and all season. So uh, it goes on from everywhere. I do hope that the cooler heads prevail. They realize what they have in front of them. Uh, hopefully the appropriate changes we made, and we'll be right back uh, competing again next year. <laughs> like I spoke like a true Leaf fan. So before we go, I'd just like to give one little shout-out to a couple guys who are in the hospital. My brother Peter is recovering from a leg injury on his hip. And another one going through a tough time is Nutria Ferrari, a buddy of ours who's in the hospital and listening. Best wishes and get well soon, guys. Lance, thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, good luck with the exit meetings and uh, interviews today with the players. And Squid, as always, we'll be talking next week. All right. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.